backstage passes, and zero to 60 in a super stretch limo? Yeah, that's just how we roll. You're listening to the Mousecapades Radio Network. Listeners, this is Vicki, and I'm here with Kaylee and Brad. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 736, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades Podcast. With this being a holiday week, we are helping mom out to let the other hosts have a break. And today we will be bringing you all the latest Disney rumors and news to help your week be a bit more magical. The Mousecapades Podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, we would be glad to help. Just text Vicky at 636-373-4497 or email us at yourstorytravel.com and she would be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package. Now, just a reminder that 2023 Disney trips are now open for booking. Yes, they are and they're booking quickly. So I thought I'd kick off the show with a question and why are the wait times down? That seems to be the question of the summer. Why are the crowds lower this summer? Well, if we all remember back to January and February when we were reporting record crowds at Disney World and we were all thinking that was crazy and we didn't know what was going on. Um, Some people are saying that it's revenge travel for all those people that missed the trips during their pandemic. Some think it's because of the 50th anniversary. Some thought it was because people had heard January and February typically were low attended times at Walt Disney World. Whatever the reason, this week, the average wait time was 79 minutes. Now, that does not mean all of them, because we know some of them are going to be more. So Rise of the Resistance average time was at 123 minute wait, still lower than most days. Flight of Passage was only a 97 minute wait. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was 79 minutes average, and Remy's Ratatouille and Frozen both averaged 68 minute wait. So those are the uh, park, different parks, Rise of Resistance Hollywood Studios, Flight of Passage Animal Kingdom, Seven Dwarfs Magic Kingdom, and Remy's and Frozen are both in Epcot. Now, while some of these times might seem long to listeners that may not be at Disney World, during the summertime, those times are short. That is a short amount of time to wait. What do you think is going on, guys? Do you have a prediction to why the times and the crowds are lower? I had said it's possible there are some students in summer school in the earlier half of the summer. So maybe everybody was waiting till the second half to take their vacations, which I know that wouldn't take out. I don't think that would account for nearly as low as they are. That might account for some things, but it also could be a lot of people went during the school year. Cause I know at our school, we had a lot of students missing because parents were pulling them during school to take them. And so maybe it's just People have realized going during the summer is just hot and miserable and it was the busy season. And now they're starting to go when it was the marked off season. And this year might be like the flip where January and February were busy. And now the summer, obviously that's not, that's not 
not busy, but it's also nowhere near what summer is typically at. No, I think it's been very good for my clients anyway. I have a theory. I think it may have something to do with the skyrocketing prices. People might not be willing as willing to get in a car and drive for 10 to 15 hours for how much that's gonna cost with inflation on the rise and pretty much everything skyrocketing. That might have curtailed some of these, some of this travel. So I think that might have something to do with it too. That's true. Yeah, we all gag when we have to go get put gas in our car these days. Yeah, it's pretty bad when you think something over 450 or around there is a deal. It's not a good thing, but that's where we are. Yeah, because Kaylee was planning a trip in August to Chicago. And by the time she would pay for gas and to pay to park her car in Chicago, it was cheaper for her to fly. Much cheaper, actually. Kind of crazy. And faster. So I'm all for it. Not having to keep track of a vehicle and just flying, it's much faster. Moving on from July 1st to the 4th, Disney changed the Epcot orb to resemble the flag. So it was showing red, white, and blue. It was of course to celebrate the country's establishment, but it was beautiful to see. Since the upgrade on Spaceship Earth, the lighting has been amplified. It's been upgraded. The technology's been really changed and we've been able to celebrate in lots of different ways, not just using the lights surrounding the orb, but now that the lights are on the orb, it's way more vivid and it's prettier. I honestly could stand there and watch that for probably more time than most adults would like to. Which is why we slowly drove by every night when we were passing that on the way back to our resort. That's fine with me. The holiday season, the Muppets, Valentine's Day, and much more have been celebrated by lighting up Spaceship Earth. And now we won't be there on these dates, but we're hoping to find a vlogger that was because the lighting is getting more and more intricate because I'm sure they could hire somebody just solely for that job. Probably a couple people to be lighting programmers only for the orb. And they may have them. I'm sure they do. And I really, this really makes me hope that they do not get rid of those. I know they added them due to the 50th, but since they're doing it for all these other things now, I really hope they keep it. Yeah, it's one of those things that they added it almost like when they added Mickey's Sorcerer hat in Hollywood Studios. Didn't they add that for the 25th anniversary? Or I can't, I think it was the 20th anniversary of MGM, which is now Hollywood Studios. Because that was temporary and then they got rid of it. And obviously everybody's okay now, but I remember when they got rid of it because I was upset. I was too. Because our first trip was seeing that. That was like our first experience. So when they got rid of it, we were upset, but yeah, I, this is less intrusive than that. So surely they won't get rid of it. It's enhancing the experience. It's not in the way of anything. Yeah, hopefully that's a keeper. I, I believe it is. Good, I hope so. And something else uh, that you may not have heard, um, Disney has actually backed out of their partnership with Brightline, which is the train from Orlando International Airport and Disney World. Well, we've, we think that's true. No, it's true. It's true. Guests have been looking forward to this form of transportation, but now it's one more thing that's kind of been, the rugs been ripped out from under us. So Brightline is still trying to build a station that would end up very close to Disney Springs, but I think this is a mistake for Disney to pull out of this. Ever since December 31st in 2021, just last year, 
When the Magical Express ended, guests had been scrambling to find the cheapest way to get from the airport to the resorts and around Orlando. So hopefully they'll come up with something, Brightline and Disney, hopefully they'll come to some agreement or some compromise that'll that'll put it back on the map, at least get you closer to Disney World and the resorts. We'll see. So they didn't give any reasoning behind it, but sadly, my mind automatically goes to money. Were they not able to come to a a deal where they equally, in my mind, they should 50% share it, but that's just what I'm thinking. I don't own the business, so I can't make that decision, but that's the first thing that I thought of. I wonder if they weren't wanting to split the profit or whatever from the train. Who knows? I do not know. And I'm hoping that they fix it. But right now, that train that we've been hearing about for, I think, since 2018 was coming. And at that time, they said 2023, it would be here. And that seemed like forever away, but it's not. So I guess we shall wait and we shall see. So this week, people got all excited, but it was a glitch in Disney system. And uh, this is really not a surprise to us. Um, There's always some kind of glitch going on. So fans got excited because the annual passes except the Pixie Pass that was already around, the one that's for Florida residents, have been paused for sale. They have not even said if they're gonna bring them back. And in fact, I'm thinking about doing a Friday show about the passes and the price change and all that since the beginning when they started in the 80s, because that of course is gonna alleviate making money off those people, especially the locals. Um, But this week, Disney's World System showed the two annual passes, Disney's Sorcerer Pass for Florida residents, and the Vacation Club members annual pass showed up as going for sale for about three minutes. And then when people tried to go ahead and purchase them, they were gone, it disappeared. So my question was, does this mean that they are, they're in the process of writing a program to bring those annual passes back to return? Or was this just a coincidence that it happened? I don't think any of their stuff is reliable. Like if it's anything like their customer service, I don't think their programs are reliable. Which is horrible to say because this company is huge, but there's too many issues. For a company this large, for people this obsessed with money, you should be pouring it into your technology. And you're not. Sorry, I'm not not as lively or as kind as Miss Stephanie or some of our other hosts. I'm just a little more smack ya with the facts here. It's just, it's not what it should be. It's not good. I think they may have been working on something. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of too coincidental, I would say. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what eventually comes out about this and if this was some kind of unintentional preview through the glitch. So those seem to happen a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's always a glitch in the system. Vanellope has made her way into their systems. That's all. <laughs> Real life Wreck It Ralph. Okay. Yeah. This week, the Disney Wish took its first trip. It set sail and the media coverage did not disappoint. There were tons of people on board. They were covering things all over, food, the entertainment, every inch of the ship. And when you enter, it is grand and inviting and you're greeted by Cinderella. And she is a gold statue, so that's already pretty fancy. The staterooms are just as royal as you would imagine Cinderella's room to be with gold accents, a headboard that is animated, and it is elegant with shades of deep blue and light blue, along with the Cinderella theming. The Arendelle dining room is also covered in gold accents and blue royal fabrics, which I find that interesting that they call it the Arendelle dining room when like so much of it is it seems 
like it's paying homage to Cinderella, and then they pull that from Frozen. So I don't know all this for sure, and I, I could research it to find out more, but they must be focusing this ship on the princesses themselves because the couple vlogs that I saw when the people were entering the ship, they saw this beautiful gold statue of Cinderella, but then waiting on the staircase was Tiana. And then their dining room's called the Arendelle dining room. So I'm wondering if the ship is paying homage to all the princesses. Um, I don't remember all that. We've covered so much about this wish, wanting it to come and when was it gonna come and everything. And I know we've seen tons and tons of things, but I don't remember that specifically. Well, that would be, I mean, that's cool. Like there's, I'm not against that. I think the princesses are a big part of Disney. And I feel like there are still so many, at least of my students, that there are boys that are just like, that's a princess. Why would I know that? Right. You can know what the princesses are. And speaking of, continuing on here, the, the Oceaneers Club's bathrooms reflect some Pixar love. Now, they're private bathrooms for each child, and the doors are painted like Nemo, Dory, Sully, Mike, Woody, Buzz, Joy, Sadness, and more. Above each door is a Pixar ball light, and when someone's in the bathroom, the light comes on to let people know that it is occupied. Very cool. Like everything Disney does, these bathrooms are inviting and fun, and the colors are bright and brilliant, and it just makes kids kind of want to go to the bathroom when sometimes they really don't want to go. Uh, it, although we could see kids arguing about using the Buzz bathroom or using the Nemo bathroom, but there's worth but there's worse things to be arguing about. So I guess you take what you can get here. So this is pretty cool. I really do like that concept because obviously they're going to have to have somebody in the like an adult in the bathrooms with them, but the kids can go in their own private like bathroom. And then the walk, the way the sinks were all set up, we're in the middle, almost like an island in a kitchen, but that's where the sinks all were and the hand, hand dryers or paper towels if you didn't want to do the hand dryers. But those new hand dryers that are like electronic when you stick them in, those are pretty cool. And just so we're clear, the Oceaneers Club, Vic, that's for the, the tykes who are in the Disney's daycare center, basically. I believe it's ages three to 12. Okay. So yeah. Because then, then you get to the preteen club and the teen club and yeah. And then the adults. Yep. So, well this week, long awaited Hocus Pocus 2 trailer came out. The date of its release has been told to us, which is September the 30th. It is a Friday. I'm super excited about it. I think we need to have a family gathering to do this viewing. My mom is super excited about it. We need to have a calming circle. <laughs> Prior to watching it together. So we are less than three months away from the sequel debuting on Disney Plus, which seems absolutely crazy. Um, we are in July now, so crazy. The Sanderson sisters are back, Winifred, Mary, and Sarah, in all their glory. Um, if you wanna see the trailer, you can either Google it or you can jump on YouTube. I'm sure it's on everywhere because everybody was talking about it. We can't wait to see Winnie, Mary, and Sarah casting magic spells and all the antics they get themselves involved in where the world is much different from when they visited it before. This is definitely true if you look at the poster, which Kaylee, I know, found this week, where Mary is on two Roombas instead of them flying on brooms. The whole thing was Mary flew on a vacuum cleaner in the first one. And it's like an old vacuum cleaner. It's from the 90s. It's old and it had a plug on it and everything. And then they just updated it to Roombas. And I was, I just thought that was so smart. It was. But also well, just hilarious. 
Did you hear what Sarah was writing? No. Sarah rides a Swiffer. Ah, that would <laughs> so, make sense. Um, classic. So, you know, it's I'm I've been waiting this for, for this for a long time. Obviously, '94 was when this original movie came out. So, I'm excited for Bette Midler and Carrie, Kathy Najima and Sarah Jessica Parker because I know that Bette Midler kept pushing for this. She said for years and years and years, and she said if they wait much longer, we may not be here. And so, I'm glad that they all got to do it again. I'm just happy because this is one I don't think would have ever come to fruition had it not been for the cult, you know, a cult classic fan base that's kept this going. Uh, I think that's really what drove this to be a part two. So really excited about it. I do think it's crazy that it took almost 10 years for this thing to really become the cult classic that it is. Yeah. Because when it first came out, we always loved it. You and I did. I know that I was able to show it when I was teaching fourth grade, we were able to show it at Halloween in our school in North Carolina, but it was not big at the, at the box office. So pretty amazing. Still along the Halloween lines, our family loves Haunted Mansion and it is a favorite of many Disney fans as it's a big staple of the Magic Kingdom. Now Disney has released the Haunted Mansion spirit jersey in honor of this amazing ride that resides in the Magic Kingdom. Guests found the spirit jersey in Memento Mori for $74.99. They're always getting you with the 99 folks. I guess that penny just makes you feel that much happier. It's not seven, it's not $75. I suppose not. It's $74.99. Um, Memento Mori is the souvenir shop just to the left as you exit the Haunted Mansion ride. And this spirit jersey is tie-dye with black, blue, and purple shades. The front has the Haunted Mansion logo, and the name of the attraction is written across the back. You will also find Madame Leota on the back in her crystal ball, but the best part might be that this jersey glows in the dark. I would be so disappointed if it didn't. It is very cool, but I need another spirit jersey. Like, I need another hole in my head, but it's super cool. I wish your son would wear these things because I, he has his Pizza Planet one, but we might be able to convince him to get this one. We, yeah, because it has Madame Yoda on the back. And he loves, he loves purple and he loves the Haunted Mansion. That shirt, that's probably one of the best presents I've ever bought any person ever <laughs> was that shirt I bought him when I found that in October, I think last year. Yeah. I brought that back and he has worn that so many times. I feel like all the moms that listen or anybody that buys for a picky boy, if they like your present, you're like, yes, I've <laughs> succeeded. That's true. He likes that one for sure. All right, next up. Last week, we told you that the character meet and greets are returning to Star Wars Launch Bay at Hollywood Studios on Friday, July 17th. Now, Genie Plus will be adding these meet and greets to their lineup. Star Wars Launch Bay is air conditioned and it's summer. So we anticipate even more non-Star Wars fans will get this lightning lane to avoid the heat. So you might want to do the same. Now by using the lightning lane through Genie Plus, you get to avoid the standby line, which is always a good thing. And just a reminder, if you're going to be at Hollywood Studios before August 7th, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will also be part of the Genie Plus system. So you'll want to take advantage of that for sure. Yeah, that's coming upon us pretty quickly, actually. They had two rides that were individual attractions that you had to pay for at the beginning and then decided for the summer to give a break to all the guests and it, just a three-month period of where they added one of the individual Lightning Lane selection things where you pay an individual price instead of the $15. So sadly, that will be over soon. I was kind of hoping they would vote to keep it that way, but 
that was a, a thing that I shouldn't have thought of, <laughs> basically. So the finale of the Carousel of Progress received a makeover. And I'm not sure when they did it because we never saw a closure for it. So this is interesting unless they did it overnight. So if you are a Carousel of Progress fan, which I am, because again, it's a fingerprinted item that Walt took, it, you know, was a part of from the very beginning for the World's Fair in 1964. Never fear though, the narration is staying the same. It's not changing. The animatronics outfits and their hairstyles appear to have been updated to give them a more modern look instead of the 80s look that we saw when we were there previously the clothes and hairstyles are brought up about 20 years and apparently the dad had lost his hand which again i did not see any reports of this it's just interesting he didn't have a hand when he was working in the kitchen on a couple times people were on there so can you imagine the shirt is just waving at you with no hand he had an accident when the when the oven overheated he lost a hand in that accident so. yeah melted right off right <laughs> Goodness. So, um, so they did. They did update the hairstyles and the clothing, and it looks more now than it did before. Before it looked like when I was a child. So, um, and also, Dad has his hand back. So, uh, if you want to see what that looks like, I'm sure there's something on YouTube that you could go and check it out. But I was like, I wonder how they did this. But they did a good job. I feel like changing out the things. Like the girl had like funky shoes, like boots that were more like for skiing or something. But now she has, um, I can't think of the name of those boots, Kaylee. They're the brown ones with the rubber on. Are those duck boots? Is that is that what you guys? Doc Martens? No, no, they're not Doc, Doc Martens. They're the ones you wear like in the rain. But they're more. I've seen more people wear those now than what the ones she was holding before. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then um, they changed out the mom's hairstyle. Her hair was more of like a bob, but now they have her hair pulled up and they gave her more trendy glasses. So yeah, it definitely needed that makeover. So um, I appreciate that Disney did that without completely taking the ride away. So Disneyland has had a strong history with military bands. If you've listened to the show for a decent amount of time, we've talked about this in the past. And since July 17th, 1955, this is when a Marine-only band performed at the opening ceremony, and this year, it's no exception, the California Army National Guard 40th Infantry Division Band from Los Alamitos, California, and the 1st Division Marine Band from Camp Pendleton in San Diego, California, played at Disneyland July 2nd through the 4th for the 4th of July celebrations. The bands will play at both Disneyland Park and Disney's California Adventure. From all of us at the Mousecapades podcast, we would like to thank everyone that has served our country and that continue to fight for our freedom today. I do like that they still pay tribute to the military by including them in the bands. That's very cool. Well, and I like that every day when they put, I don't know that we've ever seen this and I don't know why, because we've been there early and we've been there late, but I guess just not being on Main Street, when they have a service person help put the flag up and take the flag down every day. I think we did see this once, unless it was the time that dad and I went. It may have been, because I do, I really don't remember this, and I think it would be so cool. I thought I, I thought I'd seen it once, unless it's only been through a video, but I thought it was in person. Hmm. Okay, moving right along. The Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover at Magic Kingdom has a new narration track, just in time for its 47th birthday. It seems that Disney found their new ORAC 
ORAC 5, and the updated narration can now be heard on the highway in the sky. The safety announcement has been updated. The safety announcer makes references to non-human life forms, asking guests to keep their hands, arms, feet, legs, and other appendages inside the vehicle. The safety announcer also asks guests to take care of their younger beings. Now, after boarding, an announcer says that this is the TTA Blue Line, non-stop service around Tomorrowland. The TTA Blue Line is a returning reference from the 1994 version of the People Mover. Now, the chime noise at about a minute 40 in is also returning from 1994. It would play before special points of interest, and it chimes throughout before the announcer points out various attractions. The narrator then introduces themselves as ORAC 5 and welcomes guests to the People Mover presented by Enterprise. Enterprise became the official sponsor in late 2021, and we think could have been the reason for the updated narration as well. When passing by the Progress City model, Oric 5 points out the tiny people mover and wonders if there is also a tiny Oric. The announcer alerts guests that they're, they are approaching Tomorrowland Speedway and Tron Light Cycle Run. Tron didn't used to be referenced before, so we are glad that Disney made the audio update. When guests pass by Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, they will no longer hear Buzz introducing himself with, this is Buzz Lightyear. Buzz does still speak, but Disney apparently decided we all knew who he was. Note that Buzz's voice is still a Tim Allen sound-alike, not Chris Evans. After Buzz speaks, Orac says, affirmative, we're on it, Buzz. You can count on us. And they never told us what Orac means, by the way. I mean, that's the name of the announcer. So young guests and parents alike will be excited to hear that the Bippity Boppity Boutique in Disneyland will officially reopen on August 25th, 2022. Calling all princes, princesses, pirates, and more, this royal decree was written for you. Now listen, my dears, to all that we say for a special announcement is happening today. The return of some magic isn't it grand for all little children throughout the land. Oh goodness me, the, the anticipation's been great. But worry no more, for now we know the date. The apprentices will soon be practicing their skills for the magical transformations and the joy they instill. And the finishing touches are looking so nice, all with the help of some very talented mice. So there is just one last thing that we must do. That's a wave of the wand. Bippity boppity boo. That's what they put out to let everybody know that it was coming back. But it's only at Disneyland. We still don't have an announcement for the date that it will open at Disney World. Not that that's, I mean, I'm happy for the Disneyland people, but again, there are some things that are opening quicker there than they were here, and they were not as quick to open their parks. So we find that a little interesting. We've been talking about that a lot lately. Um, we're very happy for our West Coast friends, but we also know that we have some clients that really wanted to do bippity-boppity in Disney World. I did see that there was going to be an addition for hair pieces there would be an additional hairpiece for, I believe it was stated as guests with textured hair. Oh, okay. So like there would be a different option. They were trying to bring things back, which I think was smart of them to do. Just obviously we know that if you've, if the listeners have ever had anybody they know do this, or you've had your child do this, they're pretty limited on the styles that they do. Right. 
I know you guys had talked about this on the news uh, a few weeks back, but I think they might be trying to open up their options a bit, maybe because they know that there are people they have to compete with now, like more independent people who go around and it's cheaper. Right. But you are paying for the experience too, saying like you did that experience in Disney. Right. Well, some of those that we were talking about are were former cast members who got furloughed during the pandemic, started a business on their own, and they actually give more selections to the guests. Like, um, that's probably the episode that you were talking about. That yes. Where Brandy was saying that this little girl wanted to be Cruella. Well, when you go to Bippity Boppity, they don't make you into a villain. But by this using these outside former cast members for a much cheaper price, just depending. Um, overall though, cheaper than going to Bippity Boppity. It's more intense. It was very cool. We did that with uh, Sophia and Emma. I know it was very cool. If your child wants to be a princess and now they've added pirates as well. But if your child wants to be a villain, then you're probably gonna wanna go with somebody on the outside. And that's available now. Moving into Hollywood Studios, Woody's Lunchbox in Toy Story Land has a new lunchbox tart. Now, normally Woody's Lunchbox has a few choices while adding a seasonal tart to the mix for short spurts of time, like the peanut butter banana tart that has been this summer. Now for the 4th of July, the lunchbox tart features a cherry pie filling topped with vanilla fondant and star sprinkles. It honestly looks pretty good, and the guests said that it tastes good too. The pastry is light and flaky, and the cherry pie filling isn't too tart, and also doesn't taste artificial like you would you might anticipate it to taste fake. Hopefully, this one will stick around throughout July at least, and I'm sure Mom is hoping it sticks around until October so she can try it because cherry pie is her favorite. Yup, I saw it and I was sad. It needs to be there, but they still have the traditional ones as well. Yes, if your if your children like pop tarts, they will love those because pop tarts taste fake and those taste real. All right. Well, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time at all, you probably know that Joey, our son, is a huge lover of Dole Whip. And this week, Disney released a Dole Whip to celebrate the aliens from Toy Story. The alien freeze at Anti Gravity's Galactic Goodies in the Magic Kingdom. And this treat costs $6.49 and comes with blue raspberry slush, Dole Whip lime, and sugar eyes. Guests have said that the lime Dole Whip has a sharp tartness and acidity. However, it didn't taste sour at all. The blue raspberry slush at the bottom was very sweet and tasted like a Jolly Rancher. The two flavors balanced perfectly and that created a refreshing lime and berry blast. They said it tastes like blue cotton candy, and who does not love cotton candy every now and then? I feel like Dole Whip, because we've had it so much, I like that they're offering new flavors because it's one of those things now that like, I love Dole Whip and when Joey gets one, I always want a bite, but I never want to waste like my stomach room for a whole Dole Whip because I'm like, well, I know what a Dole Whip tastes like. So it's always like when he gets a Dole Whip, I just eat a bite and I'm like, okay, I had some Dole Whip, I'm okay. But like this one, I want to try it. And he said he's not all in on it because it's the lime flavor and he's that doesn't sound appealing to him. He didn't hear us talk about the blueberry raspberry slush. So maybe when he hears the two together, he'll want to try it. But who knows, it might not be around when we're there in October either. That's true. But uh, this is something I definitely want to try because it sounds, I, I love berry flavored things. It just sounds super good. Well, hopefully it'll be there for you. I didn't mean to end on this uh, sad story or however you want to think about it, sad story, 
shocking story, whatever. Nothing shocking anymore. <laughs> a disgruntled Disney World Resort security applicant and a former principal, that's what caught my eye was the former principal part, was arrested for stealing an R2-D2 statue to prove that Disney's security system has weaknesses. David Proudfoot disguised himself as a Disney World cast member, but security called the sheriff when they noticed Proudfoot pushing a cart across the parking lot onto the Swan Reserve property. Proudfoot told the sheriff his name was David Rogers, but they couldn't find a record of him. Eventually, they got Proudfoot to admit to stealing the statue in an arcade game, and he moved both of them to an unnamed location on the Swan Reserve property. And that makes me wonder why he chose the Swan Reserve property. They never said, but I just thought that was weird. They did find out that this was not his first offense. This former Baltimore, Maryland principal allegedly embezzled $15,000 from his former school district in 2013 to 2014 prior to resigning. These people. I'm just like... Sounds like a stand-up guy. <laughs> I'm just like, I think I'll dress up in a Disney ca uh, cast member costume today and go steal R2-D2. I'm just like, who thinks of this stuff? Well, my question was, his whole motive was to prove that the security system had weaknesses. So let's say that he actually pulled this off. What was he going to do with that information? <laughs> I don't know. He would have had to turn himself in. Right. <laughs> and say, so I was able to steal all of this and you didn't catch me. He got to sing the I Was Right song. That's about it. Yeah. So can you hire me to be your security person? Because I was able to steal this. Like, oh my Lord. Yeah, not not something you would put on a resume, like even though you did prove that there might've been a weakness, not something they're gonna hire you for if you put it on a resume. They're gonna They're gonna arrest you, not hire you. But obviously, he didn't prove that they had weaknesses because the security called the sheriff on him because right. he looked suspicious. Well, if you're pushing a cart across the parking lot with something and it didn't say if the thing was visible, I'm a guessing, I'm a guessing, I'm guessing that it was covered or something because obviously if they saw him pushing a cart with R2-D2, that would have been a red flag for sure. Oh my gosh. People, people, please. Man. A couple French fries short of a Happy Meal. Thank you for joining us. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can text us at 636-373-4497. If you would like a free quote, contact mom at 636-373-4497 or at yourstorytravel.com. You simply go to the drop down, look for her name, Vicki Black. And be sure to listen to Friday's show. Vicki will be interviewing our friend from college and her daughter about their recent high school graduation trip to Disney World. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, guys, I think it's about that time. Disney love and pixie dust. Just keep swimming. Have, Have a magical, magical day, day, my friends. friends.